This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Per te poeta fui, per te cristiano. Through you, I became a poet. Through you, a Christian. These are some of the most stunning and important words in the whole Divine Comedy. They're also intimately connected to my own journey as a classicist and as a Christian. Let me explain. Tertullian, the early third century firebrand who has been called the father of Latin Christianity, famously asked, what has Athens to do with Jerusalem? In other words, why bother with the Greek and Roman classics, which for centuries had been the basic currency of education, if all that really matters is faith in Jesus Christ? Various forms of this question have haunted education at every level throughout the whole history of Christianity, starting with Christ himself. Academics especially would do well to remember our Lord's shocking words. I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. And yet, this meeting between Statius and Virgil, which for me rivals in its emotional power the devastating moment when Virgil disappears from the poem, gives us a key to understanding why the classics and education altogether still matter. Statius offers three reasons why Virgil determined the course of his life. First, Virgil's moral teaching. And it occurred to me, does Goldilocks get her name from Aristotle's golden mean? That's probably the one thing you'll remember from this video. Oh, well. In any case, avarice, or hoarding money, and prodigality, or spending too much money, are the opposite vices on either side of the virtue of generosity. Stacia says he was a prodigal spender until he read Virgil's line about the cursed hunger for gold that drives men's hearts. So classical wisdom, transmitted through Virgil's poetry, set Statius on the right moral path. Second, Virgil's poetic skill. Statius fell in love with Virgil's writing because he was lured in by the muse's sweetness. And this, by the way, is something that was perfectly obvious to the ancients, but seems to have been forgotten in our age of sarcastic tweets and online vitriol. If you want someone to drink the draft of your doctrine, that is, to change their mind and heart, you need to smear the cup with honey. Statius internalized Virgil's moral because it was nestled in a compelling story presented in beautiful and persuasive language. And then he followed in Virgil's footsteps to become a poet himself. Third, and this is the strange and miraculous part, Virgil's proto-Christianity. Other ancient philosophers could have taught Statius to be a good man, some like Horace or Lucretius, might also have taught him to be a good poet. But Virgil is utterly unique. He alone formed one of the strongest bridges between Athens and Jerusalem. How? Statius will tell us in the words he spoke to Virgil. You were the one, said he, who first invited me to sip of the springs in the grottoes of Parnassus. And then you lighted me the way to God. You did as one upon the road at night, who holds a torch that those behind may see, though he himself's unaided by the light, saying, From heaven descends a newborn son, the morning of humanity 
returns and a new age of justice has begun. A poet you made me, and a Christian too. The quotation is from Virgil's fourth eclogue, his earliest work, which channels Jewish prophecy in predicting the birth of a miraculous child who will usher in a new golden age. One that looks very much like the vision of God's holy mountain in Isaiah 11. Readers since ancient times have argued endlessly about who the child is meant to be. Several historical Roman figures have been proposed, but what we can say with certainty is that the child's identity was and remains a mystery. As I've argued in a recent article, it's actually quite likely that Virgil had read the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. In the eclogue itself, Virgil refers to the Sibylline oracles, the third of which channels Jewish prophetic texts. But however it happened, late antique and medieval Christians saw the fourth eclogue as a prophecy of Christ appearing in a pagan text. It was evidence that God could reveal his divine truth through a classical mouthpiece as well as a Christian one. That was a major part of what gave them permission to appropriate the whole tradition of classical learning as their own just as the Israelites took the Egyptians' treasure with them on their desert journey. It was partly through classical authors that God prepared my heart, too, to receive the truth of Christian revelation. For me, it was the ravishing beauty of Homer's poetry that caused me to fall in love with the classics. But as I became ever more deeply immersed in the world into which Christ was born, I developed a deep intuitive sense that what happened 2,000 years ago is real and alive and matters. When C.S. Lewis, my spiritual father, pointed out that the Gospels were a text utterly unlike any other in the ancient world, not fictional, but true, I knew he was right. Virgil, I thank you. Estasis and Dante and so many others have thanked you for allowing God to speak through you, even without your understanding. You did as one upon the road at night who holds a torch that those behind may see, though he himself's unaided by the light. Your own works and in darkness. Dying two decades before the birth of Christ, you could have not have known that the true day was about to break. Nor could you have suspected that your words would help to steer the entire course of civilization. We, too, have no idea what surprises God has in store, or how he will use our words, our actions, our sufferings, without any conscious intent on our part, to bring his divine comedy to its gloriously satisfying conclusion. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.